And I'm one of those people that when an itch starts to form, I can't not pay attention to it. I have to do something with it. And for the longest time, I didn't necessarily want to write a book because I was writing blogs and articles and I didn't know like if a book was necessary. But the more I talked with moms and dads, all sorts of parents, and the more I researched the kinds of stories that dads were sharing with me, I, I just didn't see the equivalent out there. And I even blogged, or excuse me, I did a quick, you know, some quick research and Googling around servant leadership and parenthood and found very few. I think I counted three blog articles out there that had meaningful substance. And so I kind of realized, well, if no one else is going to write this, if no one's else going to talk about how dads can be better dads through servant leadership, I guess I'm going to do this. Brian Anderson is a husband and father to two spirited daughters that keep him inspired and exhausted every day. In his professional life, he has been a social worker, community organizer, university chaplain, and interfaith leadership development consultant. As the co-founder and executive director of Fathering Together, he brings those experiences to empowering fathers to be agents for social change. He has worked with dads from a variety of backgrounds to help them achieve deeper relationships with their families and connections in their work and communities. He wears many hats specifically as a coach for dads, spiritual director, community organizer and nonprofit leader. In our conversation today, we will be covering the start of the Fathering Together nonprofit, his book Fathering Together, One Dad's Journey to Building a Village, and the current This Working Dad Cares campaign. Brian also shared some insights from his attendance at the recent Power Plus Summit at the Institute for Women's Policy Research. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for coming today. And I would love to hear for all of our listeners from around the world, where are you calling in today? And if there is any particular food or site that you can recommend. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I live in Evanston, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. So I feel like I have to recommend our deep dish pizza. And I am partial to the Lou Malnati's special, quote unquote, the Lou. That's my, my go-to deep dish in, in Chicago here. Thank you so much for sharing. Sounds very delicious. <laughs> It is indeed, yes. Now, Brian, you are the co-founder and executive director of the Fathering Together nonprofit. Could you share with our listeners why and how it got started? Sure. I think... There's two stories here. The first is my own journey into fatherhood. And my daughter, my oldest is eight. And when she was born, it was one of these bitterly cold Chicago winters. And my wife had all of this, these networks of support to get her through those first few weeks and months of motherhood. And I didn't have any. I, you know, There's just not really many friends. They didn't have their uh, children yet. I was kind of on my own. And I felt really lonely and struggled a lot with what fatherhood was supposed to be. And so I had to build my own community and started reaching out to some neighbors some coworkers to kind of craft this new space called a fatherhood community uh, that many of my friends were not in. 
And then, you know, a couple of years later, kind of had been meeting regularly with my local friends and Chris Lewis, who's the other co-founder of Fathering Together, he reached out and said, hey, I have this idea for a Facebook group. I'm going to start it. It's called Dads with Daughters. Would you join? And I said, sure, I've got daughters. Let's do it. And kind of grew overnight. Neither one of us expected it to, to gain the traction that it did, but he clearly needed help. And I was like, I, I can help with the logistics of things if, if you're in need of that. And within a year, we had 10,000 members. And then Facebook took notice because, you know, we had this momentum building on their platform and they, they invited us to be a part of the More Together campaign, which really celebrated groups on their platform, inviting people to join the groups rather than just being on Facebook. And when the commercial for our group dropped in May of 2019, there are about, uh, again, we were about 10,000 members. And by the close of 2019, we hit 100,000, drastically changing what I was doing in my day to day and kind of put a new trajectory forward because so many of the questions I had struggled with in my early days of fatherhood showed up in the Facebook group. So many dads were confused as to their place, their new role, what they should be doing for their own mental health, let alone their wives or their children. And so I realized, and Chris and I started talking, we needed to do more to, because we had this critical mass of dads. How could we channel resources? How could we partner with other organizations to ensure that dads had a community of support, but also one with accountability so that we weren't, you know, um, just going with the status quo of going to work and coming home and being a paycheck to our children, but really building a more substantial emotional connection. And so in the, in the fall of 2019, as the group kept you know, rapidly growing, we banded together a few of our close friends and said, would you be our board? And we turned in our paperwork to become a board two weeks, or I should say right as the pandemic was shutting everything down. And so um, <laughs> our initial idea of what Fathering Together would become kind of got postponed where we really had to focus on the virtual community for quite a few years. But now as, as certain you know, restrictions are alleviating and people are kind of getting back to a, an in-person normalcy, we're starting to now say, okay, Fathering Together is a virtual space to gather and connect but really at the local level, we're activating and doing good for our communities. And so that's what Fathering Together is now. Wow. To go, you know, like to 10,000 and then to 100,000, that's quite an amazing growth. And then, as you said, just at the beginning of the pandemic. And so, you know, if you reflect back on it, what has been the most surprising thing for you with Fathering Together? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like the, the rapid growth and, and success in that regard was extremely amazing and great. Um, but but really, like, it doesn't take much effort to join a Facebook group, right? Like, we have a lot of people there now that have joined, left, maybe they come back, they leave again. There's not necessarily the stickiness that um, if you were to pay, like, you know, 20 bucks to a gym membership kind of a thing, right? There's not less a financial incentive to stay. Uh, but what I think is most surprising and most valuable for me is seeing how many dads have been with us since we formed, you know, four years ago. Uh, we have some of our, you know, metrics that show the most active users have been involved in our group for over two years. Some of them, again, as I said, since the beginning, and the fact that they keep coming back, that they're sharing their journeys. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a dad post his daughter's high school graduation picture, um, 
or, or like the, the preparing for graduation. Or whatever. Right. Um, and he put it next to the photo that he posted four years ago when she was entering her first year of high school. And so it didn't even necessarily dawn on me when we were starting this group that we would have it around for four or five or how many years it'll go. But now that we're there, seeing the, the generations of dads coming in and supporting each other and showing their children grow up with us as a group has just been really meaningful for me and knowing that there's these dads I will probably never meet in real life, but I can send them a quick message on Facebook or in some other channel to say, how are you doing? And know that I have someone watching my back, if not spiritually and mentally, but sometimes physically there too. And I imagine that, you know, obviously when you started it, there was no pandemic and nothing like that, or, you know, the, the thought of it, but how that probably helped a lot of your members through the pandemic, knowing that there was a online community. Oh, for sure. Yes. We had several members uh, right as the pandemic started that had nursing or doctor's background. They're in the medical field and said, hey, I'm you know, happy to jump on and do a Facebook Live with you and share some strategies to stay safe. We had some dads that were DJs and musicians. Then so we threw together a virtual daddy-daughter dance where you know I was dancing in our kitchen with my girls while we watched our computer screen and had dads posting photos from their kitchens and living rooms just to build that sense of community, especially in those early days when really we had no clue what was going on. And so I think it's not just my group. I'll put it that way, right? Like I went into this, Chris and I both went into this with the idea that this is not our brand of fatherhood. We don't have a 10 step program to be the perfect dad. We kind of have one now, but it's based on all of these conversations and all of these very diverse experiences of fatherhood coming together and saying, hey, this worked for my child. And then I had a second child and it didn't. So I'm in need of some new <laughs> strategies. Uh, and, or, you know, I'm adopting a child. They're going to be 10. And I didn't have the first nine years to build that relationship. And so having all of these experiences really has strengthened so many of us into being better dads. And, and I wouldn't change it for the world. It truly sounds wonderful. And now you are having a book coming out, Fathering Together, One Dad's Journey to Building a Village. And it's coming out this fall. So what made you decide to write this book? Ah, uh, yes. Well, kind of like what I've already been sharing. So many dads have been sharing their stories with us as posts, uh, as blogs. We do a dad of the week where we highlight different members and how they've kind of become their own, their own new self as a dad. And through all of it, there's this kind of itch in the back of my head that there's a bigger story to be, to be told. And I'm one of those people that when an itch starts to form, I can't not pay attention to it. I have to do something with it. And for the longest time, I didn't necessarily want to write a book because I was writing blogs and articles and I didn't know like if a book was necessary. But the more I talked with moms and dads, all sorts of parents, and the more I researched the kinds of stories that dads were sharing with me, I, I just didn't see the equivalent out there. And I even blogged, or excuse me, I did a quick, you know, some quick research and Googling around servant leadership and parenthood and found very few. I think I counted three blog articles out there that had meaningful substance. And so I kind of realized, well, if no one else is going to write this, if no one else is going to talk about how dads can be better dads through servant leadership, I guess I'm going to do this. 
And thankfully, through all of the research that I've been doing the last two years, a lot of the book has been writing itself because so many dads are doing servant leadership in bits and pieces, just not holistically. And so with these personal stories I've gathered from these other dads through my own experiences as a father, talking to my own dad, who kind of like really set a great stage for me and the relationship that he had with me is something I will always cherish. The, the book kind of just started to form. And I think the, the piece that I want dads to know from this book is, is not, again, it's not a 10 steps to being the perfect dad. It's more like, how are you creating a mindset that you go into your, your family with that allows you to be a servant to your children, that opens doors of opportunity rather than dictating their life to them? And I think so often we get caught up in this idea that if we don't create the perfect pathway for our children to be successful, they won't be. And we'll fail as parents because we didn't create every opportunity. And the reality is they're going to create a lot of those opportunities their own. And they're going to do what they're going to do, whether we like it or not. And our job is to listen, to accept them for who they are, and then help them come to that realization on their own. And with all of that in mind, it just kept coming back to me, servant leadership, servant leadership. And in the workplace, we've seen servant leadership being used in corporate America for quite some time. Robert Greenleaf kind of coined the phrase back in the late 60s and revolutionized really several businesses that were kind of struggling. And I was like, okay, all these dads are being taught to be breadwinners, to be successful in the workplace. And they're using this thing called servant leadership in the workplace. Let's just help them translate that back into the home. Let's get them to use these, these kind of great models of success with Starbucks, with Marriott that have empowered staff to rise up and see the future of their companies alongside the corporate leaders. And in many ways, we can translate in that, into the home those same values for dads to, to see that they're a part of a family, not necessarily the kind of that patriarchal leader of a family. I, I think this is so fascinating. And, you know, I often talk about transferable skills mm, and yeah. often what I do is go the other way because there are particularly, I would say, female returners who might've been stay-at-home parents for you know many years and they might not realize what transferable soft skills and business skills they have gained during that time and how that is applicable to the business world. And here you are doing it basically the opposite direction, which I think it, it's so important because I feel often people really sort of still see it as two completely separate parts of one's life and don't, uh, don't necessarily realize the, the sort of like, you know, the benefits both directions. Oh, for sure. Yes. And I think we, we see a lot in, in literature about the work-life balance, but I've started to see more about work-life integration and work-life harmony. And, and I think to your point, it's, it's a two-way street, right? Our work lives inform our home life and vice versa. And it comes down to what do you value, right? Do you value having a large income that you can go travel and do all these great, amazing things? Do you just value the large income? Or do you value your family, right? And, and what is it that you need as a mechanism to make your family successful? Is it a large paycheck? Is it meaningful connection and relationships? And I think that's a question we all need to ask ourselves. It's not something that you know any one of us can dictate to everybody else. Um, but when I was talking with dads, you know, I'd ask them all two questions. When did you want to be a dad? 
And when you found out you're going to be a dad, what did you do to prepare? And so many dads said, well, I got a new job so I could make more money, or I read some books, or I built a crib. But very few said that they went to counseling. Very few said, well, I, I went on a personal retreat to make sure that I knew what I wanted and what I wanted to pass on to my children. And yet many of these dads had multiple degrees, advanced degrees, and certifications, and C-suite level positions. And arguably, those are phenomenal things and achievements. But fatherhood is the biggest achievement in my mind. And if we aren't going to put a few hours a week into preparing for this child to enter the world, then what are we doing as dads, right? Like, what is that as a culture that we value? And in a way, how are we just perpetuating the default parent is the mom because she's been taught that it's okay to play with girls and it's okay to, to play house, whereas young boys are taught to play in very different ways, very aggressive ways and not preparing them for this amazing opportunity in the, in the future of their world. So I, I couldn't agree more <laughs> with you. I mean, honestly, my dream is that one day, whether that is in high school or, you know, even earlier, that there is a class that, you know, it is about care work for everybody. And maybe there is a mandatory um, internship for a week that everybody, all the students go and let's, you know, whether that's a preschool or an elderly care home and just, you know, explore for one week what it is like to do care work so that everybody understands that it's A, real work, and B, that anybody can do it. Yes. And that, and this is my own personal belief, it all comes down to relationships anyway, right? Like, no matter what jobs you have, no matter what you do professionally or community, like leadership opportunities, volunteer work, in the end, you know, we're all going to grow old and want to have friends around us and uh, do fun things with those that we love the most. And if we don't take the time in those early years with our children to build those strong commitments and connections, then what's to keep us together during pandemics when times get really tough or other tragedies that we're, we're all going to face. And so how do we help dads build those emotional connections, those relationships from the, from the get-go? Yeah. Now, so you are currently running the This Working Dad Cares campaign mm -hmm. together with Hey Mirza and um, Superkin. So what is the goal of this campaign? Yeah, so both organizations are focused on, you know, the care force world and, and the, the fam tech space to help uh, parents meeting the needs of their, their care, like we were just talking about. And we were talking about how do we get dads to tell their stories? And we kind of came up with this idea to just say, I care. As a working dad, I care. And how do we get you to publicly share that on LinkedIn, Twitter, you know, social media spaces, wherever you may be. And so the goal is first and foremost, just to get out that there are multiple narratives of fatherhood. There's not just the C-suite dad or the mechanic or the Homer Simpsons who are critically inept at, you know, being a dad in, in that comical sort of way. And first and foremost, this narrative. The second piece then is how do we, through these stories, highlight the importance of paid parental leave and creating opportunities for companies to offer that to their, their staff if, if they don't already. But also, if it's not a priority or it's not in the cards for a family to take paid parental leave, 
because not every family is different, we recognize. How do we still really drive home the importance of that emotional connection and, and taking the time, even if you have to work when your children are born, how do you take the time to get to know your child and recognize that they have different types of cries, that they're hungry or their diaper's wet, or they, they just want to be left alone or their swaddle's not fixed, right? Like there's all of these types of cries that babies go through. And if I'm constantly working, if I'm not emotionally invested as a father, then I'm not going to know those. And it's just going to make my job harder. And so through this campaign, we're really trying to elevate the personal narratives that can lead to some system-wide change. And it'll culminate at Father's Day this year. And so if our listeners are hearing you saying, I want to get involved, so what should they do? So they can go to thisworkingdadcares.org and they can sign our newsletter to get updates and, and um, events that we're going to be doing. We've got a virtual um, conversation in two weeks focused on the benefits the dads get from taking paid leave. And then we're going to have another one right before Father's Day about how to have fun in the outdoors. We've got a couple of outdoor leaders and fisher folk that are going to talk about their experiences and, and educational opportunities that they've had with their kids, um, just kind of being goofy with them and a couple others. And so all of those will be listed uh, on the website or soon will be. We're finalizing a couple details. Um, but the biggest thing, especially if you're a dad listening, is just post and tell your story and just use the hashtag this working dad cares so that we can truly start to magnify this, this, this issue, amplify it across the world. Uh, because I will say, we've talked with a couple of folks and they, they're like, this is great. I love it, but I don't use my social media to talk about fatherhood or I don't use my public persona in this way. And to some levels, I understand, especially if, you know, you want to keep your family safe. You don't want to put your kids faces up on social media. I totally understand that. Not going to judge any way, shape or form. But if you're not bringing your whole selves to the workplace, to your family, then, then we don't get the true benefit of you as an individual. And so we're trying to push more dads to say, hey, yes, I'm the vice president, or yes, I'm the founder, or hey, yes, I'm the mechanic or the janitor, but I'm also a dad. And I also care about my kids. And the choices I make at home are gonna impact my work life. And the work decisions I make to the advancement of my career are gonna impact my family as well. And so how do we have honest dialogue if we're not sharing that? Um, is what we hope to bring to light through this campaign as well. I think this is so important because too often, as you said, dads might have, or men might hide the fact or not talk about the fact that they are dads. And especially if they might be maybe somebody in a senior position in an organization, what a role model it could be that maybe somebody who is more junior. And if they learn about that, maybe their boss's boss has taken the entire parental leave that they were available to take. So they might feel then, yeah, I could do that too. So I, I, I mean, I really think that is an awesome campaign and I really hope it goes all around the world. Me too. Me too. We've had, you know, the first day we had over 50 people post a photo and, and tell their stories and we continue to get stories either publicly or, or sent to us via email that we're collecting. And we, we've got some ideas down the road to, to continue to amplify this that uh, I think we'll keep this at the forefront for a while. So appreciate talking about it. Yeah. You're welcome. So now you recently attended the Power Plus Summit at the Institute for Women's Policy Research. 
I'm very curious if you could share some insights from that event. Yeah, uh, I think on a personal level, it was great, but kind of weird to be in a large group of people again, you know, just because the last two years I've been here in my basement working uh, at my desk. Um, but I think the, the biggest piece that was so humbling for me was to be in a room where I was one of only very few men and listening to women tell their stories, their raw emotions that carry them through difficult situations that I will never have to face as a father or a man and, and hearing what I can be doing out of that as an ally and an advocate and to be in conversation and to position Fathering Together as an organization in a position that will allow for fathers and mothers to both have opportunities. And I think that's the benefit in when we think about the workplace is if, if we give more opportunities for dads to take parental leave, that means they're at home caring for their children. And that means their partner is now able to have a couple hours to think even if it's just to read a fun book, right? Like Eve Rodsky talks about unicorn space, which I love. If we're constantly working, our partners are not able to do that. And so the biggest insight I think for me was how do we frame the language to show that this is actually a benefit for dads too, that we're not losing out by women gaining. There's not a zero sum game here. We just get to have more pie in, in some respects. And the, the benefit, the pie, so to speak, that dads get is a deeper relationship with their kids and their partners because there's a mutual respect there rather than this kind of wedge between the career and the home. I completely agree. I think together that's the key and not like against each other, but how can we all figure it out that, you know, I like the the um, work-life harmony. I really like that word. And I, you know, it, I feel it, it, you know, goes to all the genders as well. How can we figure it out? Um, yeah, so now, as we've talked a lot already about you know, parenting and dads. So when we look to the future, like the future of work, so where do you hope or anticipate maybe in five or 10 years, the future of work to be? What would you like to see? Yeah, well, hopefully uh, some of it is what we're working on now at Filing Together. So part of our strategy, as I mentioned, is to build these local communities so that we meet virtually and activate locally. And these local communities, we kind of see in three ways. One is the, the community, so meeting at a church or a rec center. One would be school-based, so like you know, a parent-teacher organization, getting more dads involved and having a support team there. And then the third being corporate-based. And the easiest structure that we see for this is through employee resource groups or ERGs. And many corporations and companies that I speak to have a working parent group of some kind, and plus all these others, right? But when I ask them and dig into the demographics a bit, it's by far and away moms. And there might be a dad or two. And so I asked them, like, well, what would it take to have a dad resource group? And could there be one that is supported by senior leadership? Because chances are, I'm sure there's a vice president in there somewhere or a C-suite level that's a dad. And if they're willing to sit once a month and just talk about the struggles of juggling corporate leadership and helping out at home, that's going to level the playing field. And so I think the more the, the resource group uh, creation exists, the more likely it is we'll see paid leave becoming standardized policies. We'll, we'll see dads 
willing to say, hey, I've got to leave at four o'clock because I'm a little league coach, or hey, I'm taking a half day because I have to go to the dentist or the doctor for my child, rather than calling their spouse and saying, hey, you need to do this for me, or just defaulting in the beginning, right? Like creating that just that more gender equitable space in the works in the work culture that allows for dads to own that identity and in in turn create opportunities for staff retention to go up benefits and and healthier lifestyles and expectations in the workplace so that it may be you have to work 40 hours but there's flexibility there so that you can do some hours in the evening because and, and not feel like your boss is going to be breathing down your neck for a deadline even though you know we all know deadlines exist um but then the third piece is really the future of care, excuse me, the future of work with dads is going to be a benefit for everybody. As, as we mentioned, you know, creating opportunities for moms to, to rise up corporate leadership in ways that their skill set and their personality needs to rise up versus many dads that I've met who are very generally interested in just being the primary caregiver and the stay-at-home parent for a few years because their skill set is more focused on their children rather than rising up a corporate ladder. And so the, the, the ability to have that gender issue set aside so that no matter your gender identity, you can have a future in the home or in the, in the career world, uh, I think is the future of work for all of us. If, if we just make sure dads are included in, the, in that kind of strategy or that, that growth plan, so to speak, yeah. I fully agree with you. And yeah, it's, you know, it's been such a pleasure talking with you, Brian. So is there anything today that we haven't touched upon that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, just to, to put a plug in shamelessly, because that's why I'm here in some respects uh, for the book, but really, um, you know, we've got this massive Facebook group that has been great. Um, but just in the last couple of months, we've been building what we call the Fatherhood Insider and this is a space where we're really training our chapter leaders, where we have the resources, we have the opportunities to talk on a weekly basis to deconstruct what is fatherhood in this modern time with social media, with pandemics, with world wars, you name it. There's stuff that we're facing now as parents that our past generations didn't necessarily face or face it in a very different world and, and cultural dynamic. And so with the Fatherhood Insider, it's helping dads create a space to share, to be vulnerable, ask those really awkward questions that we would never want to ask outside of a safe space, and then take that back to their community and troubleshoot it at the local level. Because I would imagine, you know, the dads I talk with here in Evanston have very different but similar priorities to dads in Atlanta, dads in Sydney, Australia, dads in Malawi, right? Like, we all have similar interests and cares for our children, but they just manifest very differently. And so if we could have conversations to learn from one another and then take them back to activate in our local community. That's what it's all about in our, in our newest Fatherhood Insider, which you can learn more about on our website as well. But just wanted to, to name that if we don't have the groups meeting and building dialogue as dads, then we just won't be doing the, the deeper work uh, at that system-wide level. Thank you so much. And so, Brian, could you share again, how can people contact you and reach out to Fathering Together and your book? Yeah, yeah. So fatheringtogether.org is our website. Most of our media handles are Fathering Together, except for Twitter. It's just Father Together because of you know limitations or whatever. Um, 
you can uh, reach us at info at fatheringtogether.org if you're if you're wanting to work with us in some capacity and um, far as like you know corporate consultations or, or building kind of organizational change in that regard if you're looking for just one-on-one support we also have a coaching program uh, fatheringtogether.org slash coaching where you can you know get a f- quick free one-on-one call with me or someone else on the team and then we can kind of come up with a plan of action for you to get the support that you need in whatever that whatever form that may take. Thank you. And so now your book, when could you, um, people, you know, anticipate it coming out? Yeah, it's uh, going to be online on Amazon mid, mid to late September, and I'll have hard copies in my hand at the end of September. And so for, we just did a pre-order campaign, which I was floored with this re- response and support already sold 155 copies. Um, so I'll be mailing all those out at the end of September. And we're starting to line up some uh, local launch events as well as some virtual events to uh, really drive home the lessons that we're learning here at Fathering Together in communities across the U.S. at this time. Thank you so much, Brian. It was so nice having you as my guest today and sharing all your insights and knowledge with our global community of listeners. Thank you. Thank you. I was really appreciated for your time to to be a part of this community and looking forward to many conversations in the future. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We hope you gained valuable insights and new ideas. To keep listening to future episodes, please head over to iTunes or your favorite player and subscribe and give it a rating. We would very much appreciate a review and for you to share it on social media so more people can start innovating in how they offer employment. Until the next time, goodbye.